0: Chucky don't have a problem with killing <laughs> Don't fuck with the Chuck <laughs> Why do you kill it's hobby, really Hi and welcome to the franchise players podcast I'm your host Mark Goddard we've been a bit cheeky this time around We decided to skip a movie in the last series so if you're coming here expecting Omen Remake I'm sorry, we just didn't have it in us this time around. And I am joined as always by my co-host, Chloe Davey. Hello. We couldn't do it this time, could we?
1: No, it was basically the same movie and even written by the same guy and I just couldn't do it. It was like, why would you yeah. <laughs> remake your own film that was a classic into a worse movie? I didn't really understand it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I It was a stop start. Mm. We, we might do it later, later on down the line. Maybe if we it, feel it like might it. might be uh, a... <laughs> we
1: need a change.
0: Yeah. We could put it on tape Patreon, it, it, yeah. <laughs> Somebody might want to listen to it. You never know. But this week, we are joined by special guests Now, we do like to try and do this if it's a first um, first film in a new franchise. Um, so we're starting a new franchise. This time it's Child's Play. I like the Child's Play series, as a few I haven't seen yet, so it'd be quite interesting to go through this. Uh, Chloe, is this your first run through, or have you seen a few?
1: Um, I've seen the first two and the reboot, but that's about it. And uh, Cult of Chucky.
0: Awesome. We are joined by a very special guest and a, a, a co-host of a podcast i love completely she is one half of the don't point that horror at me um duo and she you might also remember from the evolution of horror podcast it's becky dart
2: hi guys hello
0: welcome to the podcast
2: thank you for having me
0: if you're new to the podcast we go for a franchise film by film um every every three weeks and kind of Try and rank it at the end to see which ones are good. Um, yeah. You'd probably agree with me that Omen probably wasn't the best choice to go with, if you're going to say it a bit more like Um But this time, <laughs> yes, we're going to go with Child's Play. Um, why did you. Because we gave you the choice of a couple of, of franchises. What made you want to kind of jump on the Child's Play one? Um,
2: so I'm a massive fan of the first film. Mm. Um, I, a bit like you guys, actually, I haven't seen many of the sequels um i am kind of sort of renowned i guess amongst people who know much about my watching habits that i don't do a lot of sequels and i'm now kind of making up for that so i'm uh i've got a lot of gaps when it comes to like follow-up films but i've seen a lot of you know the first films in a franchise and child's play is one of my favorite first films in a franchise um it's just like rewatching it for this it just like holds up so well and you know you were talking about the omen maybe not being a lot of fun like child's play is really fun but at the same time like it's really effective horror as well yeah. and i think it strikes that balance really well
0: yeah agreed, agreed. so for some of, the, uh, of our listeners they probably will know you <laughs> like you probably know you better than we know us but um a bit might not know who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into horror, your relationship with horror, and a little bit about your podcast.
2: Sure. So my relationship with horror, I mean, it's, it's my favourite genre of film. Uh, I love film in general and have always been hugely interested in cinema ever since I was kind of a kid. But my relationship with horror started early and so it has kind of been with me through my entire kind of film watching career. Um, So I, I mean, I saw The Omen. It's funny that you did that last because The Omen is my favourite horror film of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I saw that first when I was like 10. Um, I used to have a TV in my room. And so I would often stay up far too late watching films that I shouldn't really be watching, ones that were kind of the late night movie on Channel 4 or BBC 2. I've got vivid memories of watching The Amityville Horror when I definitely shouldn't have been, but <laughs> like not not being kind of traumatized by it, just being like really thrilled by it and mm. you know coming away from it kind of like exhilarated so I you know I've I've just loved it forever really horror um as a genre and um I think it you know to say you love horror films is such a sweeping statement like it can be broken down into so many sub genres and sub sub and you know there's a lot of horror that I don't really go near but there's so much of it that you know it gives you such a rich like watching experience and there always seems to be something new to Explore and freak you out. So yeah,
0: big fan. So what type of subgenres are you into the most? I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I'm a huge slasher fan. This is why I kind of wanted to kind of do something like Charles Play. But what type of subgenres would you kind of maybe go for more than others?
2: I would say my absolute favorite is occult films. So anything to do with possession or witches. I I'm not a religious person. I was I wasn't brought up with any religion and there's something about a cult when it straddles that kind of horror and exploration of religion that comes into that that I find really fascinating and I think that's because I don't have a lot of knowledge about it so it feels really kind of I don't know like like mysterious and it even though I don't have any particular beliefs I still find it really really terrifying and I'm I'm always gonna have a preference for horror films that like genuinely scare me so yeah I'd say occult and witches and stuff and then uh my second kind of default would probably be ghost films like I love I love ghost right. stories
0: cool cool so let us uh, tell us a little bit about the don't point your horror at me podcast because I think like 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 myself I grew up on point horror and I book up on goosebumps and uh, what made you want to kind of go and do a podcast about a book series, especially that you can't tend to find many of the newer them new anymore? What made you want to kind of go and go back and kind of revisit those?
2: So I started podcasting a couple of years ago. And if you listen to the Evolution of Horror podcast, you'll be um, familiar with Mike Munzer. And honestly, it's all his fault. So he asked me <laughs> to go on and do a like a little bonus episode, he was doing some bonus episodes around Halloween a couple of years ago, asked me to go on to talk about um, the reboot of Sabrina on Netflix, so Chilling Adventures. And i have been a massive, massive podcast fan up until that point, like absolutely devouring them, all sorts of different ones. And I went in and recorded with Mike and it, it just looked like it was just so simple, and doable, Mm. and accessible, Um, and I loved the experience of recording, Um, and so my brain immediately started worrying about, well, what could I do? And I knew that I wanted it to be something to do with horror, but there are already a lot of horror film podcasts out there, like you guys, and I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of anything like original to bring to that that kind of wasn't already being done Mm. so I thought kind of laterally I guess and landed on point horror books so you know I was a teenager in the 90s I already had this um, interest in horror films and stuff and so when the point horror books um, sort of came onto my radar and you know all of the girls at my school was reading them and talking about them in the playground and stuff. And they used to come along in the school fairs and like the book fairs, those beautiful covers. Um, and so I, you know, devoured a load of them. I'm not a massive reader, like I read a lot of books, but I'm quite slow. So it I. I can't be somebody who will like read something in an entire weekend. So I never had an enormous collection because it took me so long to read them, (laughs) even though they're so short. Um, But just loved them. And then I thought, do you know what? I don't think anybody's doing like a dedicated podcast to point horror. And nostalgia is such a massive thing um, in kind of entertainment and, you know, a lot of stuff that's being produced at the moment. So I landed on that idea, spoke to my best friend, Jill, who was immediately up for it. She used to read them at school as well. Um, and it was a lovely little project for her and I to work on together. And it kind of went from there. Um, and we're we're on our second season now. So we've done, um, I think, one or two episodes on our second season. So it comes awesome. out monthly. Awesome.
0: And we are, we are huge fans here. We absolutely love, love the podcast. Um, oh, that's really
2: kind, thank you.
0: So cool. So, this week is our first one of the Child's Play. Um, I remember Child's Play quite vividly from my for my kind of teenage years. Not even teenage years, no. It must have been when I was about 9, 10 when I first watched it. I remember going to a local uh, video shop, it's like a little, small little video shop, and My mum got it for me. She probably shouldn't have, but my mum got it for me. And my mum, before she passed away, she was a huge horror fan. And was kind of the reason why I kind of got into horror. It's one of the first ones I remember watching, funnily. Distant Halloween. I remember watching Halloween on Betamax. God, that makes me sound really old. <laughs> an old Beatamax one, we had that and a weird um, Scooby-Doo show, I did it back in the day which was um, Scrappy-Doo Scooby-Doo and uh, I think not Velma, the other one but um, we were just having those Beatamax tapes there and uh, just, just watching this one on, on VHS and was, I was ill that day and she just went, yeah, yeah that's fine, take that I'm not sure if she understood what was on it but yeah. So it's, it's been quite nice to go back and kind of revisit this one. Uh, Clary. you've seen this one before. When mm. did you first uh, experience the child's baby?
1: I reckon last year, maybe even. Maybe last year or the year before. Um, so very mm. recently. I imagine if I'd seen this as a kid, it would have absolutely made me shit myself. But this was <laughs> something I'd avoided for a long time. I didn't really get, horror, get into horror until later in life. I'd say the earliest horror film I'd watched was maybe The Fly when I was really young. Um, but I used oh. to see like pictures of Chucky like on magazines and stuff, like on the back of t- like TV magazines, and he always really creeped me out, mm. and so I avoided it for a really, for a really long time because like dolls scare me, and having watched it, it's not as scary. It's more funny as an adult. I imagine as a kid, like as I'll talk a bit about mm-hmm. later, like it would really, like I can see how it could be really scary.
0: So yeah, let's just kick into it then. If you guys are up to that, let just kick uh, mm. straight in. So child's play. We kick off the film with. Charles Lee Ray getting chased down by the police, pretty you know, good intro. Um, gets chased down by the police, um, shot in the leg, so he's kind of, you know, trying to escape. Mike, the cop, who we'll get to meet a bit pro- more properly later on in the movie. He runs into a local toy shop. Alarms going, all hectic. He's basically knows he, he he's on the way out. He's he's too injured to kind of get any further. So Mike is chasing after him he's trying to get away. We have a hilarious collapse into a big pile of toys, which is way over dramatic than it should have been. Um, basically, he uses voodoo magic to transfer his soul into one of the good guy dolls. Good guy dolls do look like um, the cabbage patch dolls you used to get in the eighties, you know They do, yeah, so that
2: is know. that's a solid observation. They definitely do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and even even the good guy dolls in this one, uh, I do think the later later Chucky movies it does look better. It does look very kind of it does look very doll like, which I suppose, yeah, in, in in yeah, when this was made, it kind of it makes sense. But I do prefer the Chucky from the, the I
1: don't know the, how the any kid later. could think it looks cute though. Like they, they have these dead blue eyes and they just really creep me out. <laughs>
0: they they were weird dolls. Yeah. But then Cabbage Patch dolls was that the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're creepy too. I don't know why kids would want this.
0: <laughs> no. But um So yeah, voodoo tends to be a kind of a weird addition to this. You don't really get explained to near the end. Even near the end, you don't kind of get a mega amount of explanation. I know you do later on in the other other films, but um, so using his powers, he um, transfers his his spirit into the doll, which we find out ends up outside the shop after the shop explodes. So Mike thinks that Ray's dead, Um, and he thinks nothing of it. Did we get into um, meeting Andy for the first time? What are your guys' opinions on Andy in this one?
1: I mean, I, I love him.
0: <laughs> I find him I I find him a bit sickly at the start. <laughs>
1: oh, he's so cute though. <laughs> like I'm not a maternal person, but like Andy brings out my motherly instincts to the max. <laughs> he's so adorable. When he's crying near the end, I'm just like, I can't.
0: <laughs> oh, that broke my heart.
1: He's he's a really He's a really great
2: um, child actor, mm. like Alex Vincent. Like I think he's, you know, it gets said all the time about how um, for a horror film to be, like, really scary or for you to feel the threat, like, you have to care about the person that's, like, in peril. Mm. And, like, he's so good. And, like, you do care about him. He's not a little kid that you think... Like, he's not obnoxious. You don't kind of wish any harm upon him at all. And he's Mm. just so sweet and innocent. And, um, you know, the way that they kind of introduce the obvious obsession that he has with the good guy dolls and the brand. So, you know, he has the little pyjamas and the slippers Mm. and he's, like, watching the cartoon and he eats the cereal. And, you know, it's, it's the thing that he wants most for his birthday is a good guy doll and there's something about that obsession that he has with good guy that like i don't know it really resonates i feel like throughout yeah. through the years there's been these moments in um kind of kid pop culture or you know toys that are on the market like this year's big christmas toy buzz light yeah. whatever where like it's just all encompassing for children, and I think that they mm. capture that really well, and it just makes him so endearing.
0: Because uh, even when he goes goes to school, all the other kids have uh, have the good dog, oh, good guy got dolls as well, not just him. So even if you think you know, maybe he takes it in school and might get bullied, but no, everybody's got these good guy dolls. It's like when Pokemon cards came out when I was younger; everybody mm. had a Pokemon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Pogs as well. Like was Matt one of them?
0: <laughs> God, I love Pogs. <laughs> A little pog-making machine. I love this. <laughs> we sound really old to you now, don't we, Chloe? <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, I'm not that, that young. No, I am quite young.
0: <laughs> he makes breakfast in bed for her, for his mum. Oh. Yeah. oh, my
1: God. The bleakest <laughs> breakfast of all it time. But she, like,
2: <laughs> she she handles it so well. Like, she gets major <laughs> mum points for how diplomatic she is about basically just the
1: most disastrous <laughs> breakfast in bed. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> that's like prison food. 3
0: spoonfuls of sugar on cereal though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Generous.
2: On cereal, on cereal that already looks like it's made of balls of pure sugar as well. Like that is that that isn't breakfast. That's you guys. the most American thing like, ever.
0: That's dessert. <laughs> and I don't even know what he put on the toast. I'm trying to figure out. It looks like ice cream, but then it looks like cream, and I don't I, I I'm I'm worried about what he's put on that toast. Either
2: one it doesn't sound good. I mean, I I assumed it was vanilla ice cream i mean it's, it's burnt toast and vanilla ice cream I'm sure it is like I can't think of what else it would be
0: <laughs> oh that's, that's just something I, I, I don't look forward to as a parent later on in life <laughs> so yeah so you make make the made breakfast and bed you like it's it's very oh thank you I'll eat it later <laughs> um what I like about the adverts though when you when you've mentioned the breakfast the adverts for the good guy dolls it's very kind of Make your parents buy this doll. And then buy the, all the accessories. Make sure you get it now. Are going to have it? It's like watching milkshake in the morning. It's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> God, that's parent talk. I do apologize. <laughs> kids advertising is
1: very full on. Like, whenever I go to a kids movie or something, and it's, like, all these, like, toy adverts, and I think this movie has become more and more relevant with how, mm-hmm. like, prominent kids and stuff and, like, toys has become in, like, consumer culture. It's probably, like, they... Movies probably make more from the stuff they sell around it than like the actual movie. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's like with well, a troll movie and they've got a troll head to do the hair with. Mm. And if it, like... But oh my god, the What's minions. What kind of with a troll movie?
1: Minions and Despicable Me was Good the worst. Heck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, I used to work in Asda and I hated it because I, I basically did like, you know, the samples of food and stuff. And mm. I one time had to. It was around the time Despicable Me came out, and they were selling all these minion cupcakes. They made me make a little minion out of a melon to like display. <laughs> and they had toys everywhere with. I hate minions <laughs> so much because of that.
0: <laughs> it was awful.
1: <laughs> so I I hate kids advertising.
0: <laughs> God, I love a cupcake with minions. <laughs> yeah,
1: they were pretty tasty. But
0: <laughs> so, his mum goes and the opens the presents. So he spots a present on the way up to give his mum breakfast. He thinks it's a good guy doll. He's going to be very disappointed when he finds out it's clothes. And we are always disappointed <laughs> when we find out it's clothes when we were young. That and an accessory for the good guy doll you just can't use. Which is a bit of a shame. Bless him. He wants that. But she couldn't afford to get him this time around. So while she's at work, we meet Maggie, who is, uh, is Karen's friend. who um, basically tells her there's a peddler at the back who has a good guy doll. Yeah, the kid's not going to worry about the state of the packaging or anything like that but it's a perfectly well working good guy girl. Good, yeah good guy doll so they rush into the alley uh, we get a, an exchange between uh, Mackie and the tramp which she wonders if she slept with him before um, and she gets the doll so you know shows Annie can be going to be uh, happy and you know unfortunately she gets back to work and her arsehole boss makes her work the evening I'm assuming it's a little bit of kind of you left your post. And now you got to work overnight because somebody's ill. Um, he doesn't care if it's, if it's her son's birthday. She's got to work. Um, this is how we get into Maggie babysitting Andy and uh, the eventual death of Maggie in a, in a bit in the movie. I like Maggie. She's funny.
2: It's Maggie. A shame she had
0: to die so early on in the movie. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Maggie. She's like she's kind of classic, um, like feisty funny best friend isn't she Mm, so like mum is um she's quite like she wears a lot of pastels um Mm -hmm. and she's got that very sort of soft blonde hair like she's a very like yes soft mum and i think that maggie is that kind of classic archetype of like yeah the funny best mate who yeah. kind of pushes her to do slightly risky things like buy knockoff dolls in the back alleys, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I agree. I like her, and I think it's um,
1: it's sad that she we lose her so soon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She
1: seemed to be kind of like Karen's only sort of support system, like the only person she had in her life that could help her with work and with Andy and stuff. So it was just like was yeah. kind of sad when she, when she got killed off.
0: Well, see, Andy's got his good guy doll now. Um, Maggie babysitting. And this is when you get the first little glimpses of, of Chucky you know being alive so he wants to watch the, ten, the nine o'clock news this isn't going to end well um, <laughs> he sees on the news a little bit about um, Eddie the runaway getaway driver who left him behind um, he wants to watch the news to get, you know when it comes up at nine o'clock she says no of course he can't watch the news um, so she sends Andy off to bed he's been at the, the creepiest section when uh she turns around, the TV, when the TV turns itself on, she turns around and sees Chucky sitting in front of the TV. It's 9 o'clock news. She rushes off, she blames Andy. Andy gets blamed a lot to, in this film.
1: He is the best kid. Him, <laughs> he would never.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, look at him, he's so sweet. How can know. he ever lie to you? Really? <laughs> I don't,
1: there's a part here and I... I
0: you can I, get the line of... Be... No, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead I, just,
1: I, think, I think it was this part here, or I don't know if it was later on, when he... Like, Chucky gets put to bed with Andy, and he, he's, like, lying there next to Andy, and his head sort of turns, and it, there's something really creepy about knowing that there's a grown man inside the body of that doll next to that kid, and it just, like, really, thinking about yeah. it, it made me, like, <laughs> I think that was this bit, I can't remember.
0: Mm, it's a little bit, a little, yeah, just in, in a bit, isn't it, when they go into bed, and he's sort of kind of cuddled up to him. It's, like, kind of weird. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit weird. Mm. It's the 80s, the, the, these things... You didn't really think about it as much, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, like like Gary yeah, kind of turns around and goes, "Did you do that, Chucky?" Like, it's like, mm. "Did you really go and do it?" And then uh, kind of tucked him up to bed, and he kind of turns around to Chucky and goes, "I told you, she'd be mad if you watched the news." <laughs> love that he's such a great actor. I can't, yeah. Mm. yeah, he's brilliant actor.
2: And I love, I love how at this point, um, so Chloe, like you saying about just how his head moves round and stuff. Mm. So you know that he you know we've seen the beginning you know that um Charles has gone into him you know he's he's Chucky he's this possessed doll so they've kind of set that up but you only ever see Andy kind of leaning in to hear Chucky whispering to him at this point Mm. so you don't kind of get him speaking out loud or kind of moving his facial features that much Mm. so it's like it does kind of leave it to build really nicely so that then later when you kind of get the full effect it kind of it's much more shocking at that point
1: Yeah, I feel like up until then you get like these sort of like so the Rudy guy later on says oh you're becoming more human um, or whatever and you kind of end up seeing him more animated but at the beginning you sort of see him have these sort of like stiff creepy like doll movements more and it's I, yeah. I feel like that actually kind of feeds in really well to the idea that he's becoming more of a person um, so yeah that was kind of cool
0: so Andy's asleep and you know Maggie's alone she's doing the whole babysitter thing in front of you know, the TV you know relaxing um, she starts hearing things around the house she thinks it's Andy to start with um, you know because it's a small noise a small footprint she assumes it's Andy she doesn't see anything you know but we know that Chucky is stalking him he's stalking her sorry so he runs around the kitchen she gets a phone call from Karen she's like oh uh, you know, on my own, getting a bit scared. Then straight away, he picks up a toy hammer and we get a nice black to the back of Maggie's head. <laughs> yep. and she kind of stumbles and then throws herself out the window. automatically,
1: dramatically. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, it's, yeah. So, <laughs> it's,
2: it's so extra. Because he, like, he hits her with the hammer, fine. Like, you know, that's going to... Her and make you stumble and stuff, but right. there's no way that just her momentum from that distance would like throw her <laughs> backwards out of that window. It's it's amazing, and then she falls like six stories. It's just it's the most <laughs> dramatic death. I love it. It's so great. Much.
0: The thing about this film, though, everything is very over the top.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's over the top without being that gory.
0: It's like like with um mm. Charlie Ray's death at the start. And he just, and he kind of, the, the, how dramatically he kind of falls into <laughs> all the toys. He didn't have to.
1: Those, those very 80s.
0: It was just over dramatic. And later on, especially <laughs> when Eddie's deaf, it's like, yeah, we'll blow the house up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but even if you watch her trying to fall out the window, you can see <laughs> she's been thrown from the window. It's just, yeah, over the top. You know, Karen comes home, all the police are around, she's like, oh, what, the, what the hell's going on? Comes in, you find out. Maggie, she finds out Maggie's dead. She's yeah, a little bit upset, but not as upset as you would be if your friend had been thrown out of a window. Um,
2: I think. I think she's kind of relieved it's not Andy because yeah. as she sees all the cops, cop cars outside, and all like the flashing lights and stuff, and runs in. I think her initial. <laughs> instinct is that something's happened to Andy so when she because when she runs in and she sees him sitting on the bed with the policeman like her relief is kind of palpable and she's so happy that he's alive and so obviously like she is really like gutted that her best mate has just died in this bizarre accident but I think yeah I just I don't know I feel like the relief of it not being Andy just kind of plays into that.
0: Then she sees the police and so says, when we get back to Mike again, he gets Mike in this film. <laughs> he irritates me in this film. I don't, I don't, I'm not, not a major fan of Mike in this one. So he's kind of trying to put the blame onto Andy. You get this kind of, you know, yeah, he he did it kind of vibe about him. Especially with the footprints on the counter, which obviously match the footprints of Chucky because they've got the same kind of feet. Again, was with, with the pyjamas because he has all the good guy doll bits is going to be pretty much a match to what the good guy dolls wear in itself
2: so can i just can i just make a quick point about the soles of these shoes so good guy dolls aren't meant to be evil we know that chucky's evil but yeah. he's like the outlier right and the products that are sold to children are for small kids these shoes are covered in murder weapons there's like there's a gun. <laughs> There's a hammer, there's a baseball bat, and there's an axe on the bottom of these (laughs) shoes. Like, who is buying this stuff for their kids? (laughs) What are we teaching
1: them? (laughs) (laughs) Anything goes. It's the eighties.
0: Things were different. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was acceptable in the eighties. No, that is a good point. (laughs) So, no, no, they they do they do think you know they do think that it's Andy. even though he tries to explain. It wasn't. It was Chucky. And he's like, shut up. You're ten Go. <laughs> Go. You do get a great line, though, when he's trying to kind of explain. When she's kind of asking what happened and she's getting angry at um, Andy. He kind of goes, that Chucky did it. And uh, basically said that Maggie was a bitch and she deserved what she got. And she's like, um, right. That's a bit odd. Why are you saying that? <laughs> Like, are you angry at me because, ma- because of Aunt Maggie? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah that, that's the reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of... Hearing that come out of his mouth... It's, it's no, just, he's too innocent. It doesn't, doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wallah. So next day, um, Andy goes to school like normal. Like, like nothing happened. Um, again, ladies. Um And Carrie drops him off to school but obviously Chucky has different plans for him on this one. So they go off on a wild mystery tour to the home of Eddie. Now, here's a point. Why did nobody stop him?
1: He just walked out of there, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Yeah. And the thing that really, like,
2: I found quite creepy about this is that... So Andy's mum drops him off and mm. he pretends that he's going into school and then waits for her to leave and he like immediately sneaks back out and obviously this is all um kind of designed by Chucky and Chucky's giving him the instructions but there's just something so I don't know like creepy about seeing this cute little kid being kind of scheming and like sneaky and kind of sneaking around behind his mum's back like him just opening Mm. that door and checking that she's gone like I found like oh that's like you know, he's just being so manipulated by this guy who's basically a serial killer. Like, he's so messed up.
0: Which I... He got a child on his own with a big doll riding your subway or your tram system. Why did nobody even notice? Or was it again? It's the 80s and it was acceptable. <laughs> 80s, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no one stopped him. And it's like, okay, is that where Eddie lived? I'm going to leave you here. I just need to pee. And then... Eddie gets killed because he gets distracted by Andy, who's trying to find Chucky, and uh, Chucky kind of sneaks into Eddie's house and uh, turns all the ovens on in that kind of classic way of let's turn the ovens on, load the shit up the house.
1: <laughs> well, whatever happens, all the time.
0: <laughs> Makes you wonder what is, what, what is wrong with him. He's <laughs> a sweet lad, really. <laughs> yeah. So after Eddie's death, um, yeah. which is a, a bit quite a big explosion. You would have thought, you know, that would scared the boy. But, um, the PlayStation, poor Andy is trying to explain the issue that it is Chucky. You know, it's, it's Chucky's fault. Chucky told me to go there. Ch- Chucky did it. Chucky killed it at Eddie. And kind of, Chucky, tell them. Please, please tell them, Chucky. And then just Chucky's like, Hi, I'm Chucky.
1: He is taking the piss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're lying and to And then
1: me. even, even, uh,
0: Don't you, bastard.
1: <laughs> even Andy turns against him at that point. And he's like, You bastard. <laughs> you played me. And that's very rude. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he beat the shit out <laughs> of the bulldog. to the stomach and everything. <laughs> we did. Yeah. This is when Andy gets. Um,
1: that was horrifying. Oh, oh my god.
0: Sectioned in a way, he gets put taken to a to a psychiatric hospital, and that's a horrible looking psychiatric hospital, I must say. So he gets taken away, and then Karen takes the doll home, puts him down. She kind of wants it to be true. She wants what Andy's saying to her to be true. So she's saying, "Talk to me, you bastard." She goes off, looks inside the box. And this is when she realises there ain't no mm. batteries in that, doll. And this is when we get the proper reveal of this is Chucky. And, <laughs> oh, doesn't he go off on one?
2: <laughs> this is scary. Yeah, like, this bit pro- is proper, like, scary. Like, just that moment when she goes to put him in the fire and kind of he knows that he, ha- like, has to kind of get out of it or he's going to be burnt um and so he just attacks her and like the fury on his like little doll face and like the viciousness of the attack (laughs) and that like scary voice kind of coming out of his little mouth and like it's all so sudden and violent like yeah it's it's a proper good like horror film moment
1: there was like a part during that attack though where i thought he looked quite cute where his face does this thing where he's like he kind of looks like a rabbit <laughs> and his nose kind of scrunches up. He, I think it's like when he's about to bite her and his nose does this little scrunchy thing and he ma- it just made me laugh. It was quite cute that moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his whole face is just quite hilarious though. It's just, just you know, seeing a, a small child's toy shout that kind of, that kind of obscenities <laughs> to, a, to a lady. No. You, you, you don't see it coming out of a doll. <laughs> but, we, but this is the start of a feature I'm going to put on these ones because I know that in the rest of the Chucky movies, the word "bitch" is, a, is used quite a lot. So it's gonna be the bitch, I mean. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen a lot, guys. It's gonna happen a lot in these movie, movies. But not so much in this one. I'm surprised. But in he's the other
2: just, one, he's just sowing the seeds mm. for it at this point.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so she gets she gets attacked and he bites her, which is it's a good little bit for later on because she's just when she's trying to kind of convince Mike that yeah, look, it's real. So now she she now obviously believes Andy. Uh, Chucky escapes, and Karen races off to tell tell Mike um, that Andy is telling the truth. Of course, he doesn't believe her, so um, she rushes away to find Chuck, find out where Chucky's going. So she goes to tries to find the peddler. In the meantime, Mike goes back to the, the police station and gets the files of Chucky um, of Charles uh, or Chucky or Charles Lee Ray. Um, so at the time, Karen's going around all the kind of the homeless areas trying to find the peddler. And yeah, you know, the, the, the peddler goes to attack her. Um, yeah, he, he wants to pay in a different <laughs> way. It's not a very comfortable scene, but Mike does come and save her. Thank God for that. But that is a very uncomfortable scene. You get a lot in the eighties kind of era, of scenes like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nowadays, it, it, it it's, is it's very
2: and uncomfortable. You sort of get a glimpse of it earlier when um, Andy's looking for Eddie's house, and it, it's so. It feels so kind of. Out of place, like this tiny little boy walking through that kind of classic 80s homeless slum um, kind of scene or environment where, like, you've got those bin fires, and obviously, there's loads of people kind of huddled around them, and um, you know, they've always got all those layers on and stuff. Like, it is a bit of a trope. Um, And seeing Andy down Mm. there earlier is like it just feels so wrong. And then, you know, Karen goes kind of doing her little detective thing. And there's like a little montage where she's talking to all these people and like they're not able to be super helpful, but like they're also not threatening. They're just kind of, you know, doing their own thing. And then, yeah, you do. You kind of then get this classic thing where um, this kind of, vagrant I guess like this this homeless person just becomes suddenly very violent and like like sexually violent as well like I think you're supposed to Mm. take from it that he's going to like sexually assault her um and yeah I mean it is it's it's quite a horrible scene it's definitely I would say out of the whole film it's the scene that feels like the meanest if that makes sense um but yeah you know Chris Sarandon to the res-
0: rescue. <laughs> it does seem slightly out of place as well, that kind of scene, because the rest of the film is not not really like that. It's kind of an, an out of place scene. I mean, maybe like a scene to shock mm. more than anything, which you, you could have probably got away with it not being that, and him mean, just being just generally violent. You didn't really have to go the sexual violent route, but, but no, thank God, because Mike did, did 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 rescue her, and basically trying to talk her out of this whole Chucky, Chucky is real thing. So the cop needs to know the truth really he's he's kind of wants to believe her but doesn't at the same time he thinks that she's going a bit mental um but she's basically saying to Mike look tell me where where, where uh, Charles Lee Ray lives let me go to his house and he's like no I'm not going to tell you you weren't going to go anyway kind of thing uh, so he ends up telling her she goes off to um, basically try and find out where Charles Lee Ray lived uh so yeah so Mike basically tells her you know, he spent a lot of time with this booty this Priest guy Wait a minute, I'm way ahead of myself. I'm really <laughs> sorry. Let <laughs> me go back again. <laughs> so, where are we?
1: <laughs> oh, he gets attacked by Chucky, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, so she's been attacked. Mike takes her home. She goes off to try and find where Charlie derailed. So he goes back and gets the fight. So, when he goes back and gets to fight, yeah. so, I'm getting confused. It's nine o'clock at night, leave me be. <laughs> uh, so, Chucky is back, but then this is when Chucky reveals himself because he's in the back of Mike's car. And Chucky attacks him, tries to strangle him. Um, we get oh, yeah. quite quite an intense stabbing scene. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that <laughs> was a close call. Yeah, yeah. He, he was going to lose some of his bits, as say that. Uh, <laughs> we get, uh, get the car tipped over and we've got Chucky kind of stalking him outside the car, um, which is quite a cool little scene. A little bit like the scene in. It's um, quite tense, mm-hmm. like the scene in Scream 2 when kind of they're trying to c- climb over and.
2: Oh my god, One like one of the scariest, tensest most like heart-stopping scenes in horror i think that scene in uh, scream 2 where she has to climb over him oh my god <laughs> oh yeah
0: that is very very tense <laughs> love Scream <for him> Two. too <laughs> such such a great scene so chucky runs away He's, he, he goes off so mike's still cars. now he knows that karen's telling the truth karen goes to um ray's house um you find all this bizarre artwork and um, wording on the wall, this is when we find out about the voodoo priest. There we are, we're, we're in the right place now. <laughs> so, he spent a lot of time as voodoo priest, talking basically everything about kind of the voodoo curses and that kind of thing. Chucky goes basically to the voodoo priest, saying, Hey, do you like my new body? um The voodoo priest, you, you think it's going to be a bit more evil? I He's really like, no, like you're, that. A bon- you're an abomination. You sh- no, usually, yeah, same. these
1: kind of films, you get voodoo presented as like a really evil kind of magic. And to see it sort of like this guy saying, no, you're supposed to use it for good is really awesome. Mm. Um, I don't know a lot about Voodoo about in general, but, you know, I've been to a few, few shops in New Orleans and they've they got some nice stuff in there. <laughs> it's not all like curses and shit. It's mm. it's positive stuff too. So it's nice to see it presented that way in a film.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's good that kind of the Voodoo and um, John the Priest aren't painted as these mm. bad guys and that it's like he makes it really clear that it's Charles Lee Ray who has almost like perverted it and used it for like these evil ends. And yeah, I, I completely agree, Chloe. I really liked that as well.
0: So then he tries to finish a bit when he next tries to get him to explain like, how can I become human? Why am I bleeding? What's going on? If they say no, you are turning human. You need to transfer your soul into the first person you spoke to. Unfortunately, this is Andy and you know, Chucky's quite excited about this. He wants to, you know, he wants to be six years old again. So he tortures um, the voodoo priest. He attacks him, and then that Chucky goes down to space to go and find Andy. So Karen and Mike are way too late to save save the guy. But he tells her, "Look, you, you need to save the boy. He's going to get the boy. The only way you can do this is go for the heart. Kill, take take out his heart. Kill him by that way." You would have thought he'd remember that bit when they tried to attack him later on in the movie, but
1: <laughs> No, they forgot that really important piece of information. <laughs> he even stayed alive just long enough to tell them that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that really, really <laughs> important bit of information. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <it's> <laughs> and you wasted it. <laughs> Stupid people. This is the bit of the film <laughs> which I said this to you last time. I said I think I said this to you in one of the other podcasts. I would no, it was with the boys on the on the horror cast. <laughs>
1: The bit where Andy is trapped in the I've cell. I've watched a
0: lot of horror films. I've watched a lot of hor- <laughs> horrible stuff and horror films. Since becoming a dad, things bother me more now.
1: Same. He's like crying and it's horrible. I've,
0: like My my chest <laughs> tightened on that bit. I was like, oh my God. Why, why am I feeling like this? Uh, I'm heartless. What's, what's going on?
2: It's, <laughs> you're feeling that way because it is the grimmest cell that they could possibly lock it is. this six-year-old child in On his own, like (laughs) I know that the American healthcare system is fucked up, (laughs) but come on, guys! Like he's six, and you've basically got him (laughs) in a cell with a big metal door, which is like locked with bars on the window, and the the walls of this cell are like grey stone that look they look like (laughs) they're like it's it's a dungeon.
1: It is so bleak. Oh, it is horrid, and no one believes (laughs) them. Like, that is such a scary situation oh. to be in as well. Like, as a kid, like, adults are supposed to protect you. And he's in this situation where he's been locked up Not by me. the people who are supposed to protect him, yeah. by doctors, and left alone. And
0: mm. he has
1: no one else to help him. And, yeah, that's really horrible.
0: Like, he knows it, it's, it's coming. He knows he's coming from as well, which is... And I think this is the point of the film where mm. I went from thinking, God, he's such a sickly actor, mm. which I thought when I first watched it, to now when I think, do you know what? That kid is a brilliant actor. Pulling that off and making you feel so much for him. Because a lot of kids' actors, especially around in the 80s, aren't very good. <laughs> and they're kind of a, a, quite a big thing in 80s films. The kid actors, even in 90s, they're a bit, a bit of shit. <laughs> Nowadays, kid actors are brilliant. But this, this kid here, amazing. To make you feel so much heart-wrenching pain for him (laughs) even just to cry like that as well and I've I've seen my little one cry like that it's 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 hard in that (laughs) you know and yeah he
2: he totally makes you believe it like he's you know he has to stand on the chair to like speak to the doctor through that tiny little barred window and then like Mm. when he just kind of crumples down in that chair and is like sobbing his heart out like please don't leave me yeah he is so good it is absolutely devastating
0: um and now we've got Chucky after him and <laughs> do you know what if I had a little one of that and that I had a killer doll after me even though that, that's another one that had a killer doll after me I'd be I'd be shitting myself um but in Andy he's a smart kid he ends up outsmarting him with the old pi- uh, pillow under the covers trick. The one the one we always use when we're trying to sneak out the house. Um, so he tricks Chucky. I believe he locks him in the room, but then somehow Chucky get, gets out. Um, the doctors are trying to chase Andy. Um, Chucky finds him in a room and attacks him, which is then leading to Andy trying to fight back. He's got a scalpel. Which is... Then the stupid doctor comes in and tries to. Survive. So
2: Andy Andy with the scalpel is um, a brilliant example of one of my oh, favourite horror movie tropes, which <laughs> is toddlers with scalpels. So yeah, Pet Cemetery, <laughs> um, and also um, oh, yeah. same actor but different oh. um, character in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Um, there's also a bit in that where he grabs a scalpel hmm. so oh, I like yeah it. I mean it's it's just yeah, it's, it's a become a real thing like it's a niche trope but I it's one of my faves <laughs> yeah it fits perfectly in their little hands it's cute
0: <laughs> it, should be, it should be brought back
2: <laughs> I think yeah I think that's it you know it's, it is the absolute perfect fit
0: and we get um, so he tries to fight back mm. um, Doctor tries to sedate him and this is when we get the third death in the film there's not many deaths in this one strangely um, where Chucky comes along, stabs him several times, and then fries him to death with the yeah. shock therapy device, mm-hmm. which I was surprised they got a shock therapy device in that hospital in the first place anyway. That's a bit wrong, um, even for the AEs. So Andy escapes, and he runs home. Again, Mike and Karen are way too late, which seems to be a, a theme in this movie. Um, Chucky's in a hot pursuit at the moment of, um, of Andy, um okay, one of my favourite scenes <laughs> in the film was when Chucky's in the lift <laughs> the old couple They're like, Oh that poor uh, some some poor child left their doll there. Oh let's leave it there just <laughs> in case he tries to find him and it's, what an ugly doll And he replies to him, Fuck <laughs> you. Love this scene. But um and he's hiding in the closet as well. So he gets home, hides in the closet, very similar mm. to a Halloween. I love these scenes with the kind of the American closets mm. with kind of the slits in it's, it always reminds me of the Halloweentown scene in Halloween when uh, Michael's trying to trying to get Laurie um, Laurie's Road in in the cupboard at the end. He finds his weapon. He finds a baseball bat. He's, he's, he's armed and ready to, to fight <laughs> off Chucky here. Um, Chucky has a voodoo knife though, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, Andy swings and Mrs. Chucky, who's now got into the house through the chimney, So He swings Mrs. Chucky. Chucky basically tries to hunt him down throughout the house with a voodoo knife and then knocks Andy out with the bat that he tried to attack him with uh, Chucky then tries to start his voodoo curse and you think maybe Karen and Mike are going to be too <laughs> late but no not this time they finally make it on time so just just about to finish it the lightning's coming through looks like at the start of the film but Chucky runs off and Mike goes and looks for Chucky so Andy is safe for now Chucky just slashes the leg of Mike and About to try and kill him. Karen shoots Chucky in the leg. Again, he runs off. (laughs) So this is is Mike out of the film for a little bit. Again, I'm not a major fan of Mike. Mm -hmm. He's a bit useless in this one. They they get a really amazing fight back scene as Karen's trying to fight Chucky and he chaps in the fireplace. And uh, just just the anger Mm. from Chucky trying to get out of that kind of caged area. Brilliant scene. But it does have the scene of probably my favourite line in the whole film. It's when Andy kind of rushes over trying to try and save his mum. He lights the candle. Uh, the candle. he light lights the, uh, the match.
1: He gets the badass moment, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> Andy just gives the brilliant <laughs> line off. This is the end, friend. Exactly. I love this bit. That's the greatest line in a horror film I've ever had.
2: <laughs> I know. He's perfect. MVP to the
1: end. He is persistent.
0: <laughs> um, this is where you think it might, end, might, might be the end of it, but no no this this uh <laughs> he just doesn't want to die no no no, no. it gets
2: way worse
0: <laughs> oh it does it does so uh, Chucky who is now burnt after a crisp um chases them through the house half burnt a crisp even when Karen shoots his head off the body keeps going she keep keeps walking through um, they shoot so
1: many limbs off before he actually <laughs> gives up a little bit <laughs> it takes a lot <laughs> and even then he's not done yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, hey, he's persistent. Give him that. So you think Chucky's now lifeless and dead on the floor, and Mike's partner comes bound him through, calls an ambulance, calls for backup. Still thinks that they're crazy. So, you know, picks up the head, Chucky's head, and like this isn't, you know, this isn't. Picks it up even twat.
2: though he has been <laughs> specifically told not to. He would want like up. the one thing. <laughs> that he was told not to do, don't touch <sighs> it, he immediately goes over and just picks it up.
0: He starts poking it with a stick. He's like, poke, poke. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. It's not, it's not real. <laughs> um, then you get the arm through the, through the vent and the arm attacks him. And now he now, now he knows it's real. <laughs> and now the body comes back again and he's trying to, trying to get hold of him. And uh, Karen just shouts to Mike, shoot him in the heart. Maybe do that before before you got to this. Yeah, Karen.
2: Stage. Remember earlier when you shot him in the leg? Um...
0: So what did, what, so why didn't you do it? Wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't have this guy been choked to death <laughs> by an arm now? One single shot to the to the to the heart, and Chucky is out. That's it. Chucky is dead now. And we get the great line from the from the uh, from the uh, from Mike's <laughs> partner. He's like uh, you know, do you believe me now? He says to the partner, "He's like, yeah, yeah. he's going to believe me." And uh, that's pretty much how it ends. Um, we get a brilliant scene at the end where. And he just looks back just to make sure for definite that Chucky is gone.
2: That f- that freeze frame of Andy's face, like looking back over his shoulder, and you just sort of see it through the the door, which is like a jar. So it's kind of, there's a crack and it just like it gives enough space for his little six-year-old face to just kind of show through it. And honestly, the child trauma is real. Like hmm. he <laughs> he is going to need... A lot of therapy.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this will lead into Child's Play 2 as well when he goes to the uh, mm. to the army camp. Um, and you do see the trauma in that one. But I won't <laughs> spoil it. I won't spoil it because we'll be doing this next episode. <laughs> so. We won't spoil it. And that is Child's Play. Um, watching it back, guys, what were your what were your overall thoughts on this one?
1: I think I actually preferred it the second time around. Um, I don't know why, but I just sort of looked into it a bit more. And... I realise how kind of Freudian it is, like, with the doll and everything, and, like, thinking about how the film was originally supposed to be, apparently the original script was Andy makes, like, a blood bond with Chucky, like, he bleeds and that's what brings him to life, and there's, I think, I think Mm -hmm. it loses a bit of the sort of message that uh, Mancini was kind of going for in the original script, but I think it does end up being really fun and you still kind of get that coming through a bit as well, so yeah I really I really like it yeah I guess just to like um
2: to repeat what I said at the beginning I guess like I just I love the balance because the horror that you know like you you made the really good point there actually aren't a lot of deaths in the film considering um but the deaths that there are um and the kind of scary moments um I'm thinking about when you know Chucky first like shows himself when he's thrashing in the fire later than when he's like this sort of scary little mini terminator guy um like that that sort of feeling of him being unstoppable is really scary um and like the death with the where he's electrocuting the doctor like there's that like it just keeps kind of going back to his face and every time it flashes back to his face he's slightly more singed like i love i love that Mm -hmm. Um, So even though there aren't a lot of kills, I think, you know, they use the horror in the film really effectively. Um, And then Mm. just the device of having this very sweet little looking doll, you know, like, I mean, obviously dolls are creepy, but the doll isn't supposed to be a scary thing. Like, that's the whole point about good guys, right? They're supposed to be, like, your best friend. Mm. Um, And so that Kind of um, the way that they use that to just be very creepy, you have this very sweet-looking doll with Brad Dereef's like incredible, foul-mouthed torrents of like viciousness <laughs> coming out of this little doll. And like <laughs> there's you know, the fact that he's so small, like he's running around on these teeny little legs, and you can hear his like the pitter-patter of his tiny feet. Um that like juxtaposition all the way through it, I think you know it works really well isolated in this film, but I honestly think that that is what then turned Chucky into such an icon, kind of going forward throughout you know the rest of the the franchise so I mean yeah in in my opinion, it really stands up. I absolutely love Charles play
1: you know what i I realized as I was watching it, like you said, Chucky's really small, but he is nearly as big Mm. as andy which is really terrifying like imagine Mm. like him being attacked by chucky as well like him being like the same size that's really scary and the idea of the uncanny something that's like he's so like familiar he's this kid like with a toy that's supposed to be like his comfort Mm. and just being this foul-mouthed evil psycho is i think really effective um as well
0: i didn't like it as much first time around and I think I said to you on WhatsApp, and mm-hmm. I, I it wasn't one of my favourite ones mm-hmm. when I first kind of got around to it. The more I watched it over the years, it got better and better. And even do, doing it this time around, and kind of... Because you've got to pay more attention to it now because you, you know doing a podcast. You do notice mm-hmm. a lot of the little extras, especially... If, um, I love kind of the squeaking of his body as he's walking. Oh, um, yeah. Little kind of the subtleties like that. You can hear kind of like the... the Plasticky, rubbery kind of movements sort, of, sort of chucky I love the kind of subtle bits like that and the fact that every single death kind of is story relevant as well which unlike like you know unlike Friday the 13th and the kind of the main slasher movies that is kind of following after you get a lot of kind of deaths in these kind of movies it's just kind of you mm. know, death for the sake of death so I like the kind of the, the balance of story and, and death um, and we watch the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> we know what what random deaths are Oh, like. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I really like this. It's um, definitely up there at the top of the ones at the moment with my slashes that I I, I I I respect a lot of. So, there you are. That is our first step into the new franchise of this one. Now, we, it's a thing we do normally on this podcast, and you're more than welcome to stay with us and, and do this, Becky, if you want. It's... um. Basically, what Chloe's watched this week.
1: Great. I have not watched a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Chloe, as always,
1: what have you watched this Pardon week? give me a second. I'm just going to get my boxed up because I can't remember. <laughs> okay. So, I watched, um, I think, I think the first one I'm going to about is A Secret Love, which is a Netflix documentary produced by Ryan Murphy. And it's about these two Um, elderly lesbians who've like they were together in like the 40s and um, and it's like their life now and how they only came out to their family like a few years ago um, and how it was like at the time uh, being together and how they kept it secret for so long and just what the kind of what it was like Um, and but it's also really positive and like how they've had all these years together being in love and it's really really cute and it made me cry like 10 times and they have all these like health problems as well, that, like in the documentary that they talk about, and it's like this sort of um, fear of one of them being left on their own, which is like really heart wrenching. Um, I watched Frankenstein for the first time, the uh, James Whale one, because I'm going to do an episode on that at some point. Okay.
0: Um,
1: cool. That was pretty cool. cool. Uh, I like the he. I've been watching a couple of his films, and he does bring a lot of humor to it, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, I did quite enjoy that. Um, I watched the guest on us netflix oh Oh my god (laughs) bloody
0: love to guess i
1: love that bloody love to guess yeah i think becky liked this i think i'd seen you tweet (laughs) that, and that's (laughs) oh Oh
2: my my god God.
1: (laughs)
0: it it was a fright fest movie a few years back and it was flipping amazing my second favorite one of fright fest i absolutely love
1: dan Stevens. is that his name yeah dan Dan Stevens. stevens um yeah. He actually comes from near me. So I was like, also like, yeah, proud representative. <laughs> um, and <laughs> he is just such a great actor. I don't know if you guys have seen Legion. but Yeah, he's so amazing. Awesome, he's amazing in that. Yeah, I, I watched maybe the first series and maybe a bit of the second one, but the first series I loved and he was just so good in that. And this, I mean, this movie was intense. He had the woman from It mm-hmm. Follows in it. And I wasn't a huge fan of that film, but I do really like her um and yeah i just think the ending was so good with all that like cool like music it's just like vibing it was awesome um and then i watched spookers obviously we talked we're going to talk about that on the thing but yeah um oh that's already
0: that episode's already out yeah i watched
1: um (laughs) so i'm going on russell's podcast this week to talk about anastasia and the Iron giant so um i hadn't watched anastasia in since i was like a kid and i actually really loved it so yeah that that'll be cool to talk about in there and The Iron Giant is like one of my favourite films of all time and I cry every time I watch it, it's pathetic.
0: Yeah. That's not fair. You get to do a, a nice <laughs> film. I have to go, I have to watch Home and the Ranger oh for well, Russell's podcast. Well, I got
1: first picks. have yeah, well, I got to do it? <laughs> he, he, was, he gave me the first choice. I was like, um, fuck yeah, I'm going for the Iron Giant. <laughs> um I Yeah, it. he had to I didn't get, even get
0: a choice. He just asked, do you want to do that one? <laughs> <laughs> I want to do Studio Ghibli. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about those. Um, and then the last thing I watched was, I finished this morning, I finished Disclosure, which is also a Netflix documentary about the history of representation of uh, trans people. And it's kind of an issue really close to my heart, you know, and it's, at the moment, it's really, I think, important. It's come out at the perfect time, I yeah. think, because of all well, the things going on with Trump and everything in England as well, with the Gender Recognition Act. I think it's really important that people watch it. Um, so I did watch that and did a review on my website, which people can go see. But um, I really love people like Van Cox, and they're, they're all talking, all these famous trans actors, talking about their issues that they've had growing up. Um, and it's really horrific stuff, but it's also recognizing how far we've come like with representation also acknowledging how far we have to go with everything so that's the last thing i watched what about you guys
0: <laughs> you know me i i don't tend to watch much unless it's podcast <laughs> <laughs> you have a baby so i understand <laughs> I, I just got too many podcasts going.
1: <laughs> coming out of yours. your ears oh
0: no i know so we did spookers spookers were really good um yeah really good good good, in, good little documentary about kind of uh new he's an australian i'm going to get in trouble for that new zealand um hoit house fair, it's made by an australian i <laughs> that was quite a good one to watch um not sure when we last spoke but we've watched for the podcast belzebub mm-hmm. which has tobin bell in it from saw very miscast <laughs> oh, but I like eh, him. yeah it's okay um yeah <laughs> Again, this is the podcast, the, the horror cast, and you can get my full annoyance on that one. Um, we also watched Z the other week as another well, one. which I think we spoke about in the last podcast. That was brilliant. Um, what was the other one we watched for the other podcast? I forgot now. It's so long ago <laughs> since we've done anything on the podcast. Um, uh, I know this week we've got Devil's Candy to watch, so we'll be watching that tomorrow. That's for our uh, another guest on the other podcast, which is... Um, the producers, the producer and the writers of Summer of 64. So that's going to be quite, quite interesting. I'm excited to hear that. Um, which could be very fun and very nerve-wracking because I don't know, I don't trust the boys. And <laughs> I don't trust the boys either.
1: <laughs> keep, keep them, you know, rein them in there. You,
0: you've, you've been in a podcast with us. You, 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 I, I, Yeah, I don't trust them <laughs> to, do a, to do a proper podcast with proper guests. This is why I get guests <laughs> at this podcast.
1: Because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm apparently a professional one and I think that means I'm boring, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No, 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 no. We're oh, I'll take we it. We have a laugh. Still, it's great. The other film we watched was Witch in the Window. Iron Shadow, which is you know, a subtle little little uh, film, only about uh, an hour and twenty. More about the relationship between a a man and his and his son who kind of drifted apart after you know the dad and the mum mm. broke uh, broke up. About a ghost who lives in in the home, and you think she wants to get rid of them, but she doesn't. She wants them to stay so she can swap with them and she can then go and leave um we also did the films for um soho film festival as well that was the last one that we spoke about as well which was quite cool so i watched finley again which is yeah love it finley works really Amazing.
1: well into this actually because dolls <laughs> yeah
0: it's just it's, it's killer doll. Yeah,
1: that was really funny but
0: yeah that's kind of what i've watched um Becky you watch anything as well? Yeah,
2: week? Uh, I've watched quite a lot actually. I've been leaning quite hard into my kind of um horror therapy. Um you know, I just I find if I'm stressed or feeling anxious or like the world's just getting too much, um I watch something a bit sort of alarming and uh, it makes me feel Absolutely. better. Like it just <laughs> does. So yeah, I've been I've been watching Yeah. Not I've a good been feeling. watching a <laughs> few things So I watched The Exorcist 3 for the first time, the theatrical version, which I really liked, really, really liked. I thought it was great. Um, I watched Lucio Fulci's The New York Ripper, which is ridiculous. Um, It's like, it's super scuzzy and, um, like, exploitational and kind of sexy, but also really brutal. And I'm pretty sure kind of misogynistic. Um, But do you know what? It (laughs) was exactly what I needed. So thoroughly enjoyed that as well. (laughs) Um, And I watched, now I might mess up the pronunciation of this, but I watched um, Hagazooza, which is a German folk horror um, from a couple of years oh, ago. It? I bought the Arrow uh, Blu-ray release when it came out a little while ago. And um, so that was a first watch as well. And it's very slow, but kind of in a good way. Not like slow that you're kind mm-hmm.
0: of
2: oh. thinking, like, get on with it. Like, it's just the, the pace of it and the the atmosphere of it is sort of very... Um, just kind of downbeat, I guess. Cinematography is beautiful. It's got an amazing, like, almost like vibrating soundtrack, um, and it follows a woman who lives in a very isolated, um, kind of hut in the German mountains. Um, And it sort of follows her through a couple of different stages of her life. So when you first meet her, she's a child and she's living with her sick mum. And then it sort of flashes forward a bit when she's a young woman and then it flashes forward again when she's got her own baby. Um, And it's one of the most disturbing things I've ever watched in terms of just the messed up stuff that happens. But it's such a beautiful film, and it's all kind of presented in a very... Um, I don't know, you don't feel like it's kind of an onslaught. It all just kind of unfolds in front of you. Um, so I got to the end, and even though I'd seen some truly horrible things happening, it again, yeah, I just... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, yeah, big, big recommendation. So I've watched some good stuff, all first-time watches, and uh, I've enjoyed most of it. Mm.
0: Oh, nice. Brilliant. So... Again, thank you so much, Becky, for joining us on our intro episode. It's a to pleasure. Thanks movies. for having me. No, no, thank you so much for coming on. We're again huge fans of the uh, Don't Point Horror at Me. So, so if you can just let you know our listeners know where they can find you on, on the socials and a bit more about. Yeah, so if
2: you want to find um, me individually, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Bunny Dark, um, and don't point that horror at me is point horror pod across instagram facebook and twitter and as i said earlier you know we are a monthly podcast and um, our episodes tend to come out towards the end of the month and um, we do a different point horror book each episode and jill and i do just like a kind of real deep dive so they're long you know they're the sort of thing that you can put on if you're going out for a walk or doing the housework or something um yeah check us out it's uh it's all good
1: fun cool.
0: and as always i have been joined by my co-host chloe Davies. and chloe where can we catch you
1: i think my twitter is chloe dav 196 i'm never entirely sure <laughs> uh, my letterbox is davis chloe 7 and my blog is groovy movie reviews and i think that's it <laughs> i'll be soon here
0: and as always, you can catch me over on Twitter at Snakebite Horror. You can uh, catch our reviews again, so the website's now back on back on uh, online again. So catch reviews from me and Russ um, over on Snakebite horror.co.uk. on Letterboxed at Snakebite Vault, and Instagram, which is I believe Snakebite Horror still. And yeah, just catch us, see, uh, come and come, uh, interact, and you can now catch us over on Patreon. Um, if you're a fan of this podcast and uh, you're a fan of the HorrorCast, we've got some amazing shows coming up for you in that one. We have HorrorCast Plus, which is the Spookers episode, that will be coming up in the next uh, week or so. You also get to listen to this podcast a week early uh, for all, all the uh, £5 pound and up pledges on there. Um, So yeah, come over We're going to have some more uh, content coming up And um, some really good series Hopefully a Buffy and Angel series Which I'm very excited about Um, We've got the um, So Bad Is It Good podcast as well And our first episode on Mario Brothers Will be um, hopefully all four of us From the HorrorCast and Myself and Chloe Every fortnight over on Snake Boy HorrorCast With Myself, uh, Niall and Marcus And on occasion Chloe Uh, depending on what what the uh, films are Um, so yeah uh, thank you for listening and goodbye from me and goodbye from Becky (laughs) and goodbye from Chloe